Hello! And welcome to another episode of Carry On Up The Misses. I'm Christopher, and this is The Misses. Hello, I'm Fiona. Thank you for downloading this podcast. I hope you enjoy it. So, what's your first question, Fiona, about the film that we've just watched? It's not a carry-on film. Isn't You've watched it now. Is it not a carry-on film? It does not start, start with the words carry-on. What was it called? It was called Don't Lose Your Head. What if it was called Carry On, Don't Lose Your Head? No. I think Carry On Rebellion would have been far better name for this film. Okay, because it is set in the... French Re- Rebellion. French Revolution. Re- French Revolution, yes. Right, Carry On Revolution would be a better title. Do you want to know why it wasn't called Carry On... Well, was Carry On Pimpernel, some... it would be the obvious... Uh... Yes. Even Carry On Black Fingernail would have been fine. You wouldn't really know what you were going to see if you went no. to see a film called Carry On Black Fingernail. So, was this a copyright thing? Sort of. Um, the previous films were all made by a company called Anglo Amalgamated. Oh yeah, this was Rank. And this was Rank. And the reason for that was because um, Anglo Amalgamated was run by two guys, uh, Stuart Levy and Nat Cohen. And uh, one of them, I think Stuart Levy, left the company. And Nat Cohen had never actually liked the carry-ons. Right. So that was part of it. On top oh, of so which, they, they weren't interested in Yeah, them. so they weren't really good. So therefore they weren't interested in mm-hmm. um, making more films. Uh, on top of which, the producer had thought it was maybe time for a bit of a change anyway. It's a good job this is the only thing they changed. So, well, so, they, <laughs> so they went to Rank. But of course, what Rank didn't want, because at this time films stay in circulation for quite a while was they didn't want to be advertising their competitors' films. Right. So they said, take the carry-on off. off. But, um, as you see quite early on, Kenneth Williams says, carry-on chopping, just so you know you're in the Uh, right thing. That's clever. clever, And the poster said, carry-on, but don't lose your head. So, you know, it was all... I didn't even notice that. Okay. And then... um, Later on, they were re-released. So were they kind of, apart from Rank saying can't be called Carry On, mm-hmm. um, they were left to their own devices. Yeah. Right. Because they make films for nothing that Aye. make massive amounts of cash yeah. relative to what they're making out the back of. So he, who... Why did they still make films for nothing even when they went to Rank? I mean, who is the person that's popular? The producer. The producers. Essentially, Rank, who put up the money, and the producer, uh, and to some extent the director, pocket all the all the money, which is what. So they're the ones that are making the deals, and then the actors yeah. just get full full into line. Yes, basically, okay. or you know, complain about it endlessly, bitterly, but at the end of the day, <laughs> they do it. If because you're an they actor, like the fame as well. Exactly, this is a big hit. Yeah. Um, and so, it's guaranteed work and all that kind of. And it's five or six weeks' work because they were made really fast. Um, and if you read Kenneth Williams' diaries, basically every single film is, it's rubbish, it's awful, it's the worst script yet. Tell them I'm not doing it. Day one of filming of Kenneth Williams, <laughs> it's Because at the end of the day, it was money, mm. um, and it meant you were still big Famous. in the box office. Yeah, people knew who you were. So, so anyway, so that, that <laughs> having been done. And, as you say, saw the title, had a reaction, mm-hmm. uh, but then saw the cast. 
So yes, we got you Joe Sims back. Woohoo! Joe Sims has been back for the last three films. Oh yeah, we <laughs> We haven't done this in a while. Oh right, okay. Um Charles Hawtrey's in there and not in a tiny part, he's proper part. No, big part, big part. Um Jim Dale, still soft spot for him, and uh Sid James. Mm-hmm. Oh so where where's Hattie Jakes? We haven't seen her in a while. You haven't seen her for a while, have you? No. I know you can't wait for Hattie Jakes to come back. I hope she does come back. Oh, she does, because I remember her, and I haven't seen a lot of these films. Oh, right, okay. So, um, anyone else that I should be commenting on? Well, before we get on okay. to that, did you enjoy it? I did. It was it a was really good carry-on film. Really good carry-on film. Um, though, I must admit, probably not so many laughs, mm-hmm. but it was just such a pantomime. <laughs> you know what I mean? They they dressed up and they were doing this Pimpernel thing, mm-hmm. um, and there was a story, but there weren't too many stories. I I liked it. Good, I did. Um, the other reason why it isn't Carry On Pimpernel is because it was going to be Carry On Pimpernel, and then they discovered that in fact the Scarlet Pimpernel was not that an older story and the woman who wrote it was still alive and her lawyers wrote to them and said, you're not making a film called Carry On Pimpernel, are you? Without paying my client. Because, no, 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 no. It's nothing like the Scarlet <laughs> Pimpernel. The Black Fingernail. <laughs> and, apart- and in some places around the world it was released as Carry On Pimpernel. Really? So, uh, yes. So, you like that. It doesn't you say it's like a pantomime. Is that because I wonder it's all big and flashy and gaudy and all the costumes are lovely. Maybe Again, it is part of made that. made for nothing, virtually. Well, I'm going to wonderful. I, I made her a comment about outdoor sets and horses. Horses, yes, master of the horse. And, you know, bringing into big houses. Now, often they were just up a drive or whatever, mm-hmm. but you're not all in a studio, no. definitely. And I thought I was quite impressed. And... Big outs, outdoor crowd scenes, guillotine mm-hmm. scenes, fight scenes. I think there was a bit more money in in yeah. the, in, in this one there with rank taking over and ah, right, okay. giving it a bit of a. a but push. no, I thought it was a, and maybe sort of appealing in the same way a pantomime is because it is a show, mm-hmm. and there's a show element to it more mm-hmm. than just uh, the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's almost like. They just got the actresses and actors to play their best part, and then you think are they all just playing their carry on part here? Well, and and the best one they do like I love Kenneth Well Williams as, mm-hmm. as him. He's not too soft. Kenneth not... is Citizen Cameron Bear. Yes, he's the big cheese. He's the big cheese. I even laughed at that. <laughs> Although I think you did <laughs> laugh at that when he says I'm the big cheese, but I think that they should have not had that. And it was funnier when Sid James said it kind of in passing. Yeah, 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 yeah. The big cheese. Cameron Bear himself was... Yeah. But, yeah, I, um, Kenneth Williams, he wasn't a love interest. He wasn't too soft. He wasn't too weird. He was the character he should be playing. Mm-hmm. Hawtrey, again, the effeminate one. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I think it's also a sign of the times. But I, I, I do wish he had a male love interest rather than a female <laughs> one. <laughs> But I know that wouldn't have happened. But just that's no, the only thing. Especially that, given that in at least two circumstances uh, there was what can only be described as gay panic. Oh yes, this. I've kissed a man. Yes, oh, my when, God. When Sid and yes. Jim Dale accidentally kissed each other, and oh, oh, when no, Kenny yeah. 
discovered he'd actually kissed Sid. Yeah. Um, when yeah, he was next to woman. I know, I know it wouldn't have happened, but that's the only bit that jarred. Right. With Hawtree was his love interest. He also has to be, and he also has to be a bit randy as well. Yeah. Yeah. Unnecessary. Um, I would have probably approved, wanted more of Jim Dale. Yeah, he's he a was, bit, he's a bit wasted in this, he isn't is, he? He doesn't he really have much to do. And I think you could have easily given him more to do, yeah. or even his own love interest or something, mm-hmm. without it changing too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if he could have, some of the sort of daring rescues, he could have done on his own. Yeah. You know, Sid could have done some, and he could have done some. Yeah. Um, he could have maybe come up with some plans, but he really was just there to be Sid's sidekick, yeah. wasn't he? Who was Sir Rodney effing the black fingernail. Now, I quite enjoyed with Sid, and I didn't really understand this, was when he was being an aristocrat, mm-hmm. he had kind of a lisp. Yes, posh Sid. Posh Sid. Yes. Why was that necessary? I don't know. And, and it, I know he was the master of disguises, but we're meant to believe that the posh Sid was his natural. Yeah, baseline. but then sometimes he was. Sometimes you would think he should be being natural here, mm. and he was being real. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Sid, not for Rodney. Yeah. So I think even if they put in a storyline that. He was he was just pretending to be an aristocrat and got mm-hmm. away with it with for all these years. Or he like made good in some way. Yeah, in, in and 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 he was acting when he was being effing. Then mm-hmm. it would have made more sense mm-hmm. because he kind of slipped. Uh, maybe he was such a bad actor that he just slipped out of it occasionally. I think I think <laughs> Steve James is a better actor than he gets credit for. Okay, because he's more. I think that do well, I think they all are. Uh, but they all end up just in their parts. I mean, a lot of them are are in their parts here. Yeah. You are the Kenneth Williams character. All right, okay. No, I like Charles that Joan Audrey. Sims was sexy again. Mm-hmm. I always like a biggie, mm-hmm. bigger sexy girl. Um, she was also a bit, she reminded me a bit in this of uh, Dora Bryan in, in Carry On Sergeant, the very first one, mm-hmm. who was the woman behind the counter who oh, was yeah. in love with. Kenneth yeah, Connor's yeah. character. Yeah. Um, especially at the big, when we first saw her, um, she was, it was all, she's almost doing a Dora Bryan impersonation, mm. I think. Now, well, actually, on Joan Sims, yes. that first um, scene when she was in Kenny's room, mm-hmm. I, I thought they were man and wife. It wasn't made clear enough. I think they were man and wife in real life. So they weren't brother and sister? No, that was... I, I don't really know... If, I think that was made up for when they were pretending to be French aristocrats in England. But I'm not really sure why that was necessary, other than that they might need her to entice men to get into uh, Well, I was, I was a bit confused by that. I didn't no, think No, I... I, I th- well, it was, wasn't clear why they had to be brother and sister then, or why they were man um, and It wasn't clear and that they were man and wife, mm-hmm. uh, and the way that he treated her... Mm-hmm. could have been a bit more man and wifey mm-hmm. to make it clear that she was just doing this to entice him. Because why did she then... So she was just falling for Sid James, and that was the issue that she kept on... Yeah, she 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 was pretending to be Kenny's sister, the Duke's yeah, sister, yeah, yeah. so that the men would go after her. But when Sid James went after her, she found that she fell in love now, with him anyway. As all the women seem to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really don't see Does it. Does he pants yet? No. 
<laughs> I, I mean, don't know. why? Why? Why are we meant to believe that he's good looking? I don't know if you are meant to believe he's necessarily good looking. Well, they all do. Well, do they ever so, say he's the French handsome? one? The French one. Oh, what a handsome man! Oh, okay. Well, uh, you've got to suspend your disbelief. Yes, he's got an earthly sexiness to him, hasn't he? Said James. Is that what you think? <laughs> don't. There's bring, no gay panic here. Don't bring Sir James to the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> You love it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I don't know if my St. James impersonation is any good. And if I'm just sitting here with people listening going, why is he doing that voice that's not St. James? I think if if anyone's going to listen to this podcast, <laughs> it will be fans. Of us. Hey! <laughs> no, of the carry-on films. All right, okay. They'll be going, speak more about the carry-ons. Uh, no, I think they, they, they might be a bit more... Um, critical of your Sid James <laughs> because they're quite informed about what he they actually think, sounds like. They might think he's come back from the dead. Amazing. <laughs> you listen to this podcast, Sid James is actually reincarnated on it. Only for the laugh, though. Yeah. Anyway. As but, you know, on the d- d- dear listeners, um, is Sid James good looking? Let's do a poll. Let's yeah. get some feedback because he's not. But, you know, prove me wrong. Okay. So, He's old. First of all, you think there are going to be, uh, there may be listeners. I think female listeners will be fewer and further between. No, um, welcome male opinion. Okay. Men can know what an un- un- well, recognise well, okay, another attractive well, man. I th- you I, think I, he I, has some earthy sexiness. I That's one opinion. You, you could say that, yeah. I want other opinions. Okay. If I get a barrage of men or women saying earthy sexiness, I'll stand corrected. Right. So you're going to do, ladies and gentlemen, get in contact <laughs> with us. Via carryonpodcast at gmail.com or at carryonpodcast on Twitter and just write earthy sexiness. <laughs> um, and we'll know what you mean. Okay. Or write not sexy at all. <laughs> so, right, so shall we go through the, the, the actually rather quite small and compact cast? Um, and see what you think of them. Sid, we've already well, discussed. Sid is sort of on the effing or the black fingernail. Yeah, he was good. He was good. Uh, Kenneth Kenny Williams loved... as Citizen Camembert. Yeah, no, I really liked him. Uh, Jim Dale as Darcy. Could have done more with him, but mm-hmm. I like what he did. Third build. Can you imagine how that must have hurt? Fourth build, Charles Hawtrey yeah. as the Duke de Pomfret. I don't know. I mean, this building thing is all pol- political, I know. Though I must admit, when they. when Sid James and Jim Dale were being dandies at the beginning. I thought they were very good, mm-hmm. and that they were very different to some of the other characters that they um, had previously portrayed. All right. So I thought that was that was very. So there was a bit of actual acting going yes. on. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. Charles Hawtrey should have got higher billing. Actually, the. Wow, he'd love to hear you say that. I know. Um, he was he, very good, actually. I have to say, was. in this, very animated. He puts his character, if you think, if you imagine at the best stage, he's had a couple of fallouts with them. Mm. But he still puts his all into it. Yes, definitely does. Um, Peter Butterworth, Peter Butterworth, a citizen BD. The star <laughs> of this film for me. I did think he was very good. Yeah. I didn't find him appealing, but I don't mm-hmm. think he was meant to be. No. So, um, I didn't like him just ogling. Joan Sims. Mm-hmm. That scene just okay. went on and on a bit yeah. for me. Um, but yes, he was very good. Though, Kenneth Connor, he's a bit, he's a bit more 
he's a bit more earthy as well than Kenneth Connor. Can Kenneth Connor never really played a character quite as P- stupid? Yes, as Peter Butterworth characters. Yeah, I think. But, but I'm I missing think, Kenneth Connor. Is he oh, not coming back? Well, who knows? You'll have to keep watching and find out. Okay. But when when Peter Butterworth, when the horse got stolen, and they were looking at the space where the horse was, <laughs> you just and he put his hand on the shape of what would have been the horse. What? Oh, that was amazing. I bet you that wasn't in the script. <laughs> oh, you think this is been I, adding to I it? I think yeah. Peter Butterworth is. I think he's. I think he's been superb in, in the three he's been in so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's great. Uh, Joan Sims as Desiree. I think she's she's good in this as well. Yeah, really good. She's always really good. She what she does really well, I think, is she does that coming out of character and back into character really yes. well. Of can you oh, yeah. lay off? Woo. Yeah, yeah. She does that well. Um, right, the love interest Jacqueline, played by she was very sexy. Dani Robon. Is she actually French? She's an actress. She was actually a French actress. Yeah. She's actually but you know, I thought she was good. Mm-hmm. That scene where Sid James and her were looking to the camera. Yes, breaking their, the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. To say their thoughts. I thought that was done quite well. It was done well, but it didn't really go anywhere. It didn't, I, I was expecting a big laugh at the end of it. You didn't yeah. really get one. Um, Similarly, when her and Sid James, when Joan Simpson and Sid James did it later on. Did they? They had a bit where they were saying, oh, I, and he was saying, but I actually quite like him. Uh, and she was saying, oh, yeah, I quite like him too. Um, so that's a second. Remember, remember, Kenneth Connor broke the fourth wall in Carry On Cruising. Yes. And we said, "Oh, that's interesting that mm. that's that hadn't happened." I what well, I couldn't remember it happening again, no. but here it was again. But yeah, no, I thought she was good, but she was she was playing. She used to be a sexy young. Yeah, woman, she was playing basically. a dolly bird, so mm-hmm. you you couldn't. <coughs> she was a bit more a dolly bird. She had a bit of personality. Yeah, but there didn't need to be extreme depth about her character, so it's not a real challenge for the actress no. to know is she a good actress yeah. or was it just a because she was doing. I wonder she if she was it. trying to break into English cinema, English films, because she hadn't really been in many English speaking films before this, and she retired quite soon oh. afterwards. Um, Don't know. But there we go. Uh, Peter Gilmore as Citizen Robespierre. Oh, that just needed to be someone, didn't it? Yeah, he was really bad. <laughs> it was like it was like it was just pulling the bits of plot together. To yeah, I mean, maybe we could give him, give him, cut him some slack and say he wasn't directed, but he was all over the place. Sometimes he's just up here. Sometimes it was down there. Get out! Get, Get out! out! It didn't seem to. It was, it was a really bad. And Peter Gilmore was a good actor. Yeah, so I don't know. And the legendary Marianne Stone as the landlady. Well, she only had one scene, but she was very oh, good. She was good. Yeah. She's the legendary Marianne Stone. Okay. Okay. So laughs. Laughs. Right. Um, yeah, I'll do you the ones I remember, okay. and then you can do the rest. <laughs> For some reason. Well, first of all, does not have a bit of an uphill struggle this film since it starts with three beheadings in quick succession, quite realistic beheadings. Yeah. Which you don't see, but you hear. And see the reactions. Yeah. Like. I know, I know, but... Is that, that wouldn't happen now in a film, I don't think. Yeah, do I don't you, think so. Would you find it upsetting? Uh, slightly, mm. slightly, slightly. Um, Sorry, I quite enjoyed all the, um, what's it called, Franglais. Oh, yes. And I don't know why, because it's a very basic humour, but when he said he'll have to alley, 
Ali. But Ali. Ali. Go. Go. <laughs> um, it's my level of French. Yeah. I think that's why I like it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I like that. And also when he was, um, when uh, Sid James, no, the Kenneth Williams was watching Charles Hawtrey tell his tale of <coughs> escaping. Mm-hmm. And he was also beefing up that it was all himself and yeah. all that. And uh, and Kenneth Williams said, "Men do talk into their cup. That's why we call it Coco Van." Coco Van. I like yeah. that. I I, mm-hmm. I enjoyed that one. Well, while we're because that is the scene in which I asked you, oh, and we're actually going to play it again. The actor. I did say I recognised you. Her. Did say you recognised her? Is it someone from Curry or something that I should know? Well, we'll just have a. We're well, just going to look at it now. Obviously, with the sound uh, turned down, um, and see if you see if it stirs any um, recollection from you. Perhaps from something else, actually. Are we thinking another Carry On film, or you're thinking no. another reference? I'm ra- something else that we've watched together recently. Well, not recently, but together. Here she is in the background. There, you get a better look at her once he sits down again. Now imagine her in a backless, obviously without the wig, in a backless 70s evening gown saying, Maximum Power. Oh, is she Sevlan? It's Jacqueline Pierce. Oh, yes. So you get, you get a, you, there's one bit where she's, you get, oh, oh definitely Yes, are. it's obvious now. <laughs> so. And was, was this about the time? No, this is like 10, she was just out of drama school, I think. This is like 10, 12 years before. Right. The start of Blake 7. So, look there. Yeah, look, it's no, you it get looks like there. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> so there we go, you see. that Our worlds are colliding here. Um, from when oh, the world of peaks. Blake 7. Oh, should we retitle the podcast then for this episode, Don't Lose Your Head Up the Misses? No. Or is that rather a bit gynecological? Gynecological. <laughs> <laughs> no. I just, we're holding true to the carry-on right. canon, even, even, if they if they, even if they are playing fast and loose with it. Yes, we won't mess with the formula. <laughs> um, there was a reference to um, the satisfaction of after-dinner belches, which was... <laughs> oh, yes, that was in the... That was in the um, description of... Yes, in the, in the voiceover. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there was some reference... See, some of the context might be lost when I mm-hmm. refer... Uh, of Magnus... Magnificent balls. Oh, St. James has magnificent balls. I do enjoy a ball gag. Yes. Um, And when someone, when, I think it was um, uh, Peter Butterworth Butterworth saying, um, psst, psst, and then Ken (laughs) went, what do you mean? I've only had two. I've only had a couple. (laughs) Um, And then Charles Hawtrey saying, now he just said the word nook. And I was like, you can't just say the word nook. And then at the end it says, oh, not nooky types. <laughs> yeah, so I quite enjoyed that. Um, and and a very backward say, word way of saying, I'm all right, Jack. Yes, yes. Kenny was, it was saying. It about Jack. Something about Jack, but I'm all right. <laughs> yeah. I, I often wonder, sometimes Kenny really telegraphs, this is a joke. And I a wonder if that's because much. he thinks it's good or if he thinks it's bad and it needs to be telegraphed. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Um, yes, you also had um, quite a bit of Peter Butterworth uh, when he was explain when he uh, 
at the beginning when they spoke about the black fingernail and he kind of explained the joke. Because <laughs> yeah. oh, one of the nails is black. <laughs> yes. Uh, and also, somebody who doesn't laugh at slapstick, of course. Was that when he fell in the trough? Well, when he fell back into the trough after having got well, out Well, do you know why I laughed at that? Why? Because it reminded me of our four-year-old boy <laughs> falling over Repeatedly that side. Repeatedly falling over. You remember the Going over the side. We were looking at a map. I think it was at the airport. Uh huh. And he he tried to sit on the bar. Oh yeah. Underneath yes, the map, he just in. fell in, yes, and then uh-huh. I think because we laughed, he just kept doing it. Over yes, and over. I think there was a bit of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Again, Peter Butterworth involved uh, involved in this. Um. Kenneth Williams sent him off to spy on something, but you know, be you must be circumspect. Oh, no problem. There. <laughs> no. I had it done when <laughs> I was a baby. And uh, again, I think another French gag. Oh, right. uh, The Duke de Pomfret will have had his chips. <laughs> yes, because I knew what that meant. It's almost as if they called him that specifically so they could use that gag. Yes, they yes. did. Okay. Um, one that didn't get a laugh that I thought might do was Joan Sims describing uh, Kenneth Williams for the pretending to be aristocrats as my brother, the Count. Well, you, I know you laughed at that, <laughs> thinking that they were trying to say something else, but I, I just thought it was, it was, that's too innocent a time to suggest ah, that that was what they were saying. It wasn't that innocent a time, though, was it, as we've seen? Hmm. Um, so, I, I think we've got, well, we played a Who's Dead game. Well, no, I haven't finished yet, but, um, uh, we haven't done it, it's a different time. But, uh-huh. um, have I got enough laughs for it to be a good film? Uh, one, two, three, four. Yes, because there were some that you didn't actually laugh at, but that you can't just laugh, so definitely. Yeah. I, I thought it was it was a bit borderline, I thought. But then I added to my uh-huh. okay. But you said you enjoyed watching it as a... Yeah, no, I did. I did. And um, it was a different time. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely the, the partner swapping element of the fumbling in the hayfield. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. And then, as you say, the gay fear. Gay panic. Gay uh-huh. panic when they almost kissed each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the... I think it was Hawtree running after Joan Sims in a she's very not very much non consensual. Non consensual. Consensual about this. Mm. And that was just funny, apparently. Or just the very idea that he would do you think that was being she, set up as a joke? Well no, but it was she was it was pant as I say, it was uh, pantomime uh-huh. it's, she was running away screaming and he found and he was laughing trying to get uh, in a knickers. I just found that a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, they, but those are the only ones, and mm-hmm. of of something that is playing of old, if you know what I mean. Yes, they almost try and get away with more of that sometimes, mm. uh, like the pirate one. But then this was okay. Okay. Um, who's dead? Who's dead? I'm afraid this is a particularly. There's quite a small cast. There's only uh, nine people. Well, I'm hoping that the French bird is still alive. I'm afraid she isn't. Oh. Uh, she died in a fire. At, oh. She was 68, though, but she died in a fire um, in, her, in Paris in 1995. There you go. Yeah, there's only one member of the uh, named cast, of the uh, top-line cast, anyway, um, who are still alive, so you'll know who that is. Jim because Dale. Because she's always still alive. Jim Dale, yes. Uh, yeah, so a bit of a... Oh, Jacqueline Pierce is still alive as well, but... Who's that? Uh, Serverland. Oh, right, yes, but she's yeah. not in main cast. But no, Sid, Kenny, Charlie, Peter Butterworth, Joni, Danny, Danny Robin, uh, Peter Gilmore, Blythinger, Marianne Stone. Dead. There we go. So there we go. 
So, um, which I think is any more that we need to. No, I no. said my piece. Well, then there only remains uh, one more question to ask, which is, do we not lose our heads again? Since we can't say carry on, because it's not a carry on. I'm not answering the question until I ask it properly. <laughs> do we carry on? Yes, we do. Excellent. If you want to get in contact with us, you can uh, email us at carryonpodcast.gmail.com or contact us on Twitter at, at carryonpodcast. Uh, but uh, until the next time when we carry on up the missus, bye-bye! Bye! Carry on! Regardless.